there, everybody. Welcome in. I'm James Adams alongside Skeeter Robinson, and this is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, for the first time in 2021, we'll be talking about event with a cut, with the full field. We're coming off the Tournament of Champions, and um, I don't know, a little bit uh, undeservedly named the Tournament of Champions as we didn't really have a, a field full of champions, but still a pretty good uh, tournament nonetheless, and definitely some amazing views. And so while we will stick in Hawaii before we get to the Sony Open, let's take a look back quickly at the Tournament of Champions. And uh, other than breathtaking views from around the course, what else do we take away from that field of, I believe, 42? Um, it's actually interesting. I think the top three golfers didn't win a tournament and would not have been there under normal tournament of champions rules. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Are you telling me that the QBE shootout win paired with Matt Kuchar didn't count as a win for Harris English in 2020? I don't think that would have qualified him under normal circumstances, so no. It wasn't. It wasn't, right? Kuchar wasn't in the field anyway. Not that he couldn't have been a withdrawal, but no, I I look back because I was like, I'm pretty sure Harris was a non-winner that won this thing, and I didn't want a non-winner to win it, but I'm, I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. But yeah, I assume that that didn't count as a win. Neiman didn't win um, in calendar year 2020, neither did Palmer. So um, yeah, I think JT was the highest finisher of guys who'd actually won a tournament. So this should have been his third win at TOC in reality, right? Sure, we can go with that. <laughs> All right, now I'm just being silly. Yeah, uh, no, but no, yeah, um, it, it was a beautiful, beautiful tournament, beautiful course, beautiful uh, birdie fest. If you're into that kind of thing, and oh, and I had some beautiful DraftKings lineups. Um, yeah, I was in second place in like the fifteen dollar three entry max. I was second and fifth going into Sunday. I even have. I was going. I was even going into Saturday. I was, uh, I think, top ten with both of them. But then mm-hmm. Morikawa kind of just stalled out. Kokorak didn't have a good day, and Neiman coming out of nowhere just sunk my chances, my hopes of winning. Still, still had decent cash, but oh, it's always tough when you go from expected from full, uh, current winnings with a comma to one hundred forty dollars. But I feel you. But you I've know what? There. It's it's still a profit, and I'm glad to take it. And Harris English winning was. Very nice for my lineups. I will always take disappointing profits. Yes, absolutely. Right? It beats the heck out of a disappointing loss. Or a or an upbeat loss where, hey, I'm in cash on Sunday, right? Like, cool. Yeah, I, I ended up getting two-thirds of my injury fees back. Yay. Right, like, oh, good. I didn't think I was going to win anything. Now I've won 20 bucks. Yay. I mean, you actually, it's strange that actually something might feel better in some regards than dropping but you know the money says otherwise well i don't know about you skeeter but i count my chickens long before they hatch especially when it comes to short field no cut events and dfs golf i'm always counting those chickens on a friday yeah yeah now now if we can pull something similar this week where you know cuts will eliminate more of the field hey maybe maybe we'll have a chance indeed so anything else to take from the toc before we move on to honolulu i don't think so um again nice to see it playing a little easier this year i think last year was some wind and rain and then same thing happened at sony so we probably should see some low scores again this week i will say this uh if i took away anything from it and i don't even know if i'll remember it in a year from now but you know if i'm going out to the uh to the casino to make a bet on some nfl weekend action i will say this i mean 
this is one of those tournaments where you've seen before people can go nuts on a Sunday in this in this birdie fest par 73 environment. And mm-hmm. So you can get some guys coming from behind where maybe you get some decent odds on a decent golfer uh, on a Saturday night. But we'll see if I even remember that come a year from now. And if you're really frisky, you pair it up with somebody in the NFL games. Well, I mean, why not? Uh, why not make parlays with greater odds payouts when I know I'm not going to win anyway based on my NFL bets? I mean, can you imagine if somebody's sitting there with a Joaquin, <laughs> yeah, somebody sitting there with a Joaquin Neiman Cleveland Browns money line bets? I mean, that had to, you know, especially when Neiman loses the playoff. But oh man, that would have been an interesting two teamer. That would have been. That would have been. So, but, all right, bro. Let's take it to the next weekend here. The Sony Open. We stick in. Hawaii, we moved to Honolulu, and it's, I'm not going to say it great, Waiili Country Club. Thank you, Waiili. There's just too many vowels, Skeeter. That's too many vowels for me, not enough consonants. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, five vowels, two consonants, I get you. And I I added an extra syllable. But anyway, Waiili, let's try to get that right the the rest of the game, the rest of the week. Par 70, just over 7,000-yard course. And uh, what about the course? Not as hilly uh, as... Kapalua for sure and what about the course what about the stats that we're looking at here a much different uh layout I assume yeah again another course right alongside the ocean so you'll still get some really nice views of the tropics I think it's there's a par three is it like 17 I think it's either seven or 17 I think it's right alongside the ocean that I, uh, it's just one of like the memory one of the pictures I always remember but um par 70 just over 7,000 yards nothing over 500 yards that's a par four both par fives are under are under um, 550 yards, even though I guess that can't be right. One thing is 476 is a par 5. I'm gonna There's assume, not enough uphill for that to be right, is there? I'm going to assume that's just a mistyping or maybe one time it played, but whatever. Um, but, yeah, both par 5s, by the way, 9-18, finish your round, you know, finish the each 9. So the good news is if you need a birdie to get your guy into the cuts – on Friday, uh, they're at least setting on a par five. The bad news is, well, if you're trying to hold out hope that your guy makes the cut as it's trending one way, everybody else is finishing on par five. So that's one way to look at it. But um, driving accuracy, not real important here. Like the rough is not real penal. So you can hit the, so even if you're in the rough, it's not going to deter you from hitting the, the green. So basically I'm just going to go back to looking at a lot of similar stats as always. Tita green approach, the scoring stats. Uh, there are five par fours between 400 and 450 and five from 450 to 500. That I'll kind of look at those iron ranges from 150 to 200. Putting does play a little bit more of a role here than it does other courses. So you might want to find somebody who traditionally putts well, especially on Bermuda or just hope that's, you know, if you're going to play somebody like Keegan Bradley, yes, I am considering him, that he actually decides to be somewhat neutral in the field putting and has irons that will work. So that's my preview on that. Okay. Um, I'm looking at some of these past winners, and I'm wondering, is there any sort of uh, player favorited? I mean, it's it seems like, I mean, certainly Zach Johnson has won. I think Kevin Kisner's had a good course history here. Kazire as well. Is there a distance factor being that, as you said, the rough isn't that penal, or is this a, a course where anybody can win? I mean, it's basically an approach and putt, putting type of, type of course, and when it's 7,000 yards, this really brings back everybody in. But even when you look at, you know, Kazire's one here, Henley's one here, Webb, who has not won here, but has a remarkable history, so you start mm-hmm. thinking, well, what are Webb, you know, Kuchar's one? What are courses Kuchar and Webb have traditionally played well at? 
heritage. Wyndham. Um, Colonial, potentially. Somebody mentioned, I think, RSM, kind of a coastal course. So kind of those, you know, those the South Carolina, Georgia courses, a little bit, I think, can play around here. Colonials are just another tight, old-style, shorter course that those are the types of golfers you want to look at. Jimmy Walker, um, I don't think he was, like, I don't think he's real short. He had some distance back in the day, back-to-back -back winner here. Um, so I think just those ball strikers, the ones that are probably pretty accurate with their irons, the ones that can hit a driver straight and give themselves a wedge or seven or eight, eight iron and hit those well, I think that's what you're looking for here. But again, this basically comes down can you give yourself a putt? These greens will not be anywhere near as big as we saw at Kapalua, so three putt, three putts are very unlikely. Are we ready to get into the field? Yes. Let's do it, and we get, again, a much bigger field, so there will be uh, a cut this week and certainly uh, a lot lower ownership. The one thing is, though, while it is week two of the 2021 golf season, if you will, a lot of these players will still be getting our first view of, as many didn't play last week, but we'll get into them, and we'll start with the 10K-plus tier, and it starts with the aforementioned Webb Simpson at 11-1, the champ from a week ago, Harris English, 10-8, Colin Morikawa, 10-6, Joaquin Neiman, 10-4, Hideki Matsuyama, 10-2, Daniel Berger is 10K even. Skeeter, who's your favorite play in this tier? And this is rare for me. But this is not a tier that I really love this week. Like, I usually like at least one or two because I'm mean, obviously the best players, but it's just not a tier that I'm in love with. If I'm going to go with somebody, I have two choices. So I'll just I'll start with the first one, and it's Webb. Again, if we're going to compare this to the South Carolina Georgia courses, Webb traditionally has played well there, has played well here, just hasn't won. Um, so when I look at the season stats, you know, the 2021 season starting at Safeway, he's 13th in my model, 14th tee degree, and 16th drafting scoring, good putter, good par fours for both 400, 450, 450, If I look at just the last 24 rounds in general, does everything well. Again, the proximities from 150 to 200 are... Yeah, not great, but everything else seems to fit. Especially really good par 4, 450 to 500. He makes the most sense at 11-1. I think if you're playing cash games, I think he has a very logical start. But I'm not sure this is a tournament type of play that I want to go with this week. So Webb's my favorite play, too. Um, I And I'm also kind of with you. I wouldn't say that I don't necessarily like this tier. But there's no one that really grabs me. I mean, to be honest with you, like, my fade kind of stood out for me and was an easy yes. choice out of yes. the six. But after that, the other five certainly uh, all had their marks that made me consider them. So Webb is also my favorite. But if I were to dip into this tier, you know, 12 times throughout 10 lineups, it's possible that I only use, you know, I use every five different guys twice and then maybe Webb an extra time or something like that. So I like Webb too, but not uh, miles from the rest of them. If you don't play Webb or – if there's a way you fit two from this tier in, where else would you go? For me, it was, it was actually one of the guys I was recruiting against on Sunday because uh, somebody ahead of me had him. and Well, he didn't play very well either because he was with Morikawa, and that was Berger. Um, so he didn't have the best weeks, but I think he's played well in these short courses before. Let me see. What, what has he done here? Uh, made a cut every single time, a couple top 15 finishes. So he, I mean, he's playing well, but he's just not playing as well as others. Um, so again, it's just more of a solid play. Like, 
you know, do I want to play English on back-to-back wins? Morikawa, a little bit struggle on the weekend, at least on Sunday. Neiman, I don't necessarily like playing guys off a playoff loss, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to Hideki here in a minute. So, like, if I'm, play, <laughs> if, if I'm playing 11-1 for Webb for, like, a cash game, I could also save 1100 and play Berger at 10000 who at least will put up, who I think has been having some pretty decent ball striking stats. Yeah, he gained three three point three strokes on approach. He lost a little bit around the green last week. He's been very consistent with the irons. So his finishes are good. I just don't know if the finishes justify a ten thousand dollar price, but if I ended up on him, I would not have a problem with it. My one problem with Berger is maybe the fact that I would be inclined to go just a little bit below him. It yep. would be out of this tier, yep. but that's my one problem. So he's not my fade. He's in that group of all the other guys that I, I kind of lump at the top of this tier. But I actually went with Colin Morikawa as my other play here. Uh, had a pretty decent tournament last year, 21st. Uh, at one point on, I want to th- say it was Saturday, a friend of mine was like, this is just that Morikawa was one of, it was uh, his tournament to lose. And I was like, well, I don't really think that's true. Obviously he shot yeah. even par Sunday, so it was not his tournament to lose. But I mean, Morikawa has been playing good. Um, you know, a little bit of a struggle after he won the major championship, but great young player in the end. I think Morikawa is probably better than Neiman or English or Berger. I don't know if he's better than Webb Simpson. He probably will be, um, uh. And that's the reason Morikawa is my number two in this tier. I think him and Neiman are potentially more around the same tier. Like, Okay. Like, I think we forget Neiman's the same age as Morikawa. He just didn't play college. Right. He went mini-tour, so we, he feels like he's, like, three years older than Wolf and Hovland and Morikawa, but he's kind of the same age. And Neiman was much more of a heralded amateur. I think he was number one amateur in the world coming up, so... He's got the pedigree too, so I think I think him and Morikawa are probably closer to the same tier. Just Morikawa already has a major, and Neiman only has one win, so that's makes a lot of sense why that's the way it is. Yeah, and Morikawa is an American, and for better or worse, I mean the American bias. That's you know that's we're we're, we're here in America, where Morikawa is from. So could be something to say for that, but I, I mean, a, yeah, is, I'd play Neiman this week just the same as I'd play Morikawa. He was my three. Yeah, I have a feeling there's a similar youngster who we kind of forget as a youngster that took the same Neiman path that's not from the United States that we're that we're going to mention in the next tier. I have a feeling that that name's coming up. Well, we will see, uh, but it seems like uh, we're somewhat similar here throughout. I'll ask you who your fate is. I'll be surprised if it's not the same one I have. Hideki. Yep. Okay. How many so? How many strokes putt gain or strokes lost putting did he uh, or stro- uh, strokes gain putting did he lose last week? I don't know the answer. If it's it's significant enough for you to ask me, so I don't know. Yes, like it is. Five. Nine point seven. Okay, <laughs> I didn't want to get too crazy, but okay. I'm trying to see if this is his. And believe it or not, it's not his worst putting performance ever. That's bad. The 2017 Tour Championship, he lost 9.8 putting. At least he gained on approach that was that week. He lost on approach last week. So, yeah, just something's just not right here. And again, he just isn't winning. I mean, I know he was second at Houston, but and third at BMW. But I'm just not paying five figures for a guy who. Hasn't won in a few years and kind of is not really trending in that direction. 
Now, I'll be lying if I said I was dialed in wholeheartedly on Houston. I was in the midst of fantasy football mayhem then. But I can tell you the BMW, like, it seemed like he almost finished, I think you said third, in spite of himself. Like, it didn't seem like he was, you know, he. I didn't feel like he was playing great. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that was also a week where few people were, were under par. So he was able to just kind of grind with the, the field. But um, I'm with you. I mean, it's just Hideki here out of this group. He's just not – he hasn't done enough. And honestly, his course history here, he was 12th last year. But other than that, it's not even very good. So there's just lots of reason to fade him at that price versus the rest. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Let's go 9K, and we'll start at the top. Sung JM, 98. Cam Smith, the defending champ, 96. Abe Answer, 94. Ryan Palmer, 92. Adam Scott, 9K. Skeeter. You got five. Who's your favorite? Love this tier. Um, and this is probably why I'm not as interested in the 10K tier. But I think mm-hmm. there's I think there's some plays here. Um I mentioned I teased it earlier that we're probably talking to another youngster from who's not American who we kind of forget how young he is, the same age as Morikawa, and that's Sung J M at ninety eight hundred. Um when I look at the last when I look at just the stats this season for Sung he's fifth in my model, he's top ten. In T to green approach, opportunities gained, birdies are better. Par, par four from 450 to 500. Really, putting is his only issue. I have thrown, um, listening to Pat Mayo, he he threw out Honda as a potential mm. comp course, not necessarily because of the difficulty, but just because Bermuda greens, par 70, shorter course, a little less water here than Honda, but um. But that just makes sense. And Sungjae, Sungjae kind of hung around a little bit at the tournament of champions, like. I think he was on the third or fourth final group. He gained five strokes on approach. He lost three strokes putting. And he was second in the Masters. Missed the RSM, but he missed right on the numbers, so I'm not going to hold that against him. You know, if he's already hitting irons this well, like, okay, he's due for another win. 9,800, he probably, he should be higher than Hideki. He really should be. Played last week, so, you know what, maybe rides those hot irons. I, I think Sungjae will be popular, but it might be for good reason. Dang, you make me want to change my favorite. Uh, I'm with you. I like this tier quite a bit. I could see myself. I don't know that I could afford starting with four of them. I don't know if I can squeeze three of them in, but I may try to. We'll see what happens. I I'm gonna go with. I'm, I'm gonna go with Ryan Palmer. Yep. Um, I, I worry that he he maybe uh, used a little bit too much gas last week, but he's won here. He's also had many other good finishes here. Coming off of a fourth last week at the Tournament of Champions, and I mean, he really had every chance to win it. Uh, uh, I want to say a bad Sunday. I mean, he was two under, so it wasn't like he was a bad Sunday, but just didn't light it up like everybody else. But he was good coming into that before. So give me some Ryan Palmer in a tier that um, I will say is similar to the 10K tier and the fact that I can't really separate the masses, but one that I agree with you, I, I like a bit more, and it gives you so much more flexibility with the rest of your lineup. No matter what range I look at, either the past 24 rounds altogether or just this, all the rounds in this season, he's top five in birdies or better in DraftKings points. So I think he had two eagles on Thursday, too, because I saw, like, oh, all right, I rostered him. Um, and plus, he actually did rally a little bit. Like, he struggled for, like, the first 10 or 11 holes or whatever it was on Sunday. He came back. I know he had a birdie streak, and he, I think he, I thought he gave himself a decent eagle chance on 18. Like, so he fought back to at least shoot two under because he had been struggling most of that round. So that's always good to see. He's a slight number three to me, like, or maybe two B. My two A, and he's actually coming as the lowest owned. I don't know why he's playing here. That's it's interesting, but Adam Scott at nine thousand seems a little too cheap. 
Um, Adam Scott kind of did what Adam Scott does last week. He gained nearly seven shots on approach. He lost four strokes around the green, lost three strokes putting. That's Adam Scott for you in a nutshell. But if he's going to hit irons that well, and these are not big greens, so maybe putting's not that big of an issue, at 9K, we're talking about a historic form guy who's better than almost everybody else in this field. At this discount coming off a good iron striking week, I'm willing to take some chances on Scott again. Really good from 175 to 200. Really good on those par fours from 4 to 450. I'm going to go with Cam Smith, defending champ. Yeah. He seemed to start rounding himself back into form even at the end of 2020 with that second-place finish at the Masters and oh. was playing good before that, too. I generally don't like to jump on the defending champ, and he wasn't great at Tournament of Champions. Uh, really, a Saturday round was the only uh, really special thing, but he's won here before. I don't love going after the defending champ, but he is one of my guys. And he's back into form. And it's not like he just won it last year. He was 22nd, 18th, 27th. Those are his last four years with the first last year. So I feel like I'm, I, I may worry a little bit about ownership uh, given, you know, the fact that he won last year. But I do like Cam Smith as my number two just ahead, honestly, of Sung J.M. But if I could find a way to start with Palmer, M., and Smith and not have to go with, not that I don't love the guys, but Brian Gay, Ryan Armour, and Jim Harmon to make it work. That's a nice start to a lineup with the three of them. So I, mean, I like your guy Sungjae too. I mean, that sounds like your your core lineup. Um, well, of course, I looked straight at the six K uh, notes for me and said, "Well, there's my three guys." I mean, I didn't throw in Higgs <laughs> or Lahiri, but I I wasn't far. <laughs> uh, Cam Smith, by the way, is in the same thing as Adam Scott. They're both kind of the lowest owner in this tier. Um, nice. Yeah, I agree. So it sounds like our fate is Abe answer. That is incorrect. No. My fate is Adam Scott. Oh, okay. I won. I'm stunned that you're going to tell me he's coming in lowest own. And maybe this is hardcore golf people still. But I thought, man, of all the names you see, if you're not a hardcore golfer and you want to get a little action as the football stuff's winding down, that'd be the name you turn to at that cheap spot. Plus, I mean, to be honest with you, and I do like answer. I have him number four. So um, I don't have him, you know, I have him barely ahead of Adam Scott. But I would fade Adam Scott. And again, you're asking me to pick five guys. I mean, I won money when Adam Scott won, I think, at Riviera last year. I had him yes. to bet. So it's not like I don't like Adam Scott or won't play him or won't bet on him. Uh, but I just, out of these five, he's the guy I'm putting at the bottom. So Sorry. Sorry. I thought you mentioned Adam Scott. So I didn't mean to no, it's all right. shoot, shoot your boy answer. Uh, for me, it's answer. Um, he played well. What was it? Saturday, I think? He was shooting. One of the weekend days, he was shooting at the leaderboard. I was like, oh, jeez. Sunday, he shot a 66, which is. Sunday, seven. okay. Okay. Uh, he gained 6.7 strokes putting. He lost four around the green, lost off the tee, gained a stroke on approach. I don't think those are realistic numbers. And, you know, he's historically, Bermuda's his worst putting surface, so that is a concern. But I'm at the point, though, too, like, who would I rather pay for, answer or burger? I would rather pay for, honestly... The reason, again, that I had Berger fifth out of six in that 10K tier is because once you get that close, I'd rather pay for Sung JM right. uh, and save 200. I would rather save 400 and go to Camp Smith. And obviously, I, I like answer. But I do like him and Smith uh, and Palmer all more than answer. But right. I mean, I'm with you at that point. I mean, give me the savings. And then, you know, I don't have to. I don't have to go as deep into the 7K. Right. This is just all price factored in. Like, I think I'd rather take the $1,700 discount from answer and play, you know, 
on answer over Webb, but yet Webb's my favorite in the 10K tier because I just don't love anybody in the tier, and answer's my least favorite here because it's a little putter reliant, and also just because I think I like everybody else. Like Cam Smith's four for me in that in that tier, but that's not necessarily a knocking fourth. Shocking that I look at the book, and this is just the uh, now Barstool owns the um, Barstool Sports owns the casino sports book, not the whole casino, but the sports book oh. near me. And I think it's still powered by DraftKings. I'm not 100% sure on that. But looking at their odds right now, uh, it is Abe Answer is 20, plus 2,200. Joaquin Neiman is plus 2,500. That's nuts. Isn't it? Like, is this is this the hangover effect that they're expecting Neiman to kind of just struggle because he lost in a playoff? I guess. Um, but it's not like... I guess. Like... I, 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 you know, maybe this is this would be interesting. I don't know if anybody's ever studied this. Like, it wasn't like Neiman shot two under and then lost in the playoff, where he blew the lead. He came from behind to force the playoff. Right. Like, I almost wonder if that's a different mentality than losing when you were battling for the lead. You know, versus when you had to come from nowhere. To Only win. thing I can guess is outside of tournament champions, Abe Answer's been a little more consistent as of late. Yes, but that's kind of Neiman's game. Is when he get. He's inconsistent, but when he starts playing well, you do want to start considering him more. Yeah, so I just looking at the book, I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. By the way, Adam and, Scott, uh, I think, is thirty five to one, which I think is very intriguing to me. He is, and when I look at him and I see he's priced as the same as like uh, uh, you know Lanto Griffin, then I'm like, okay, and it's not. He's thirty three. Where I'm looking, it's thirty three, and Lanto's forty. But they're the names side by side, along with Billy Horschel at thirty three. Like then, okay, give me Adam Scott. But when you got Scott up here paired with uh, Neiman and Cam Smith, then I'm starting to lean towards those guys. Not that there's a huge difference in the odds there. Or even even Ryan Palmer thirty three to one. I mean, I, I don't hate that. Uh, obviously, as my favorite play in the nine K, I do like that. So I gotta I gotta start doing a little more online shopping because I'm looking at Ryan Palmer twenty eight to one. And I'd prefer to get the extra juice there, obviously. He's thirty-three to one on DK Sportsbook. Okay. Well, then, then it's then obviously Barstool is no the Barstool book is not powered by DK because that's different odds. So we have to be. I'm gonna have to do a little. Uh, I haven't. I've only been out there once since they changed ownership, so I'm probably gonna have to do some some online price checking before I make these bets final. Yep. Well, shall we take it to the eight K tier? Sure. Let's do it, and let's start at 8,800 with Kevin Kisner, Russ Henley, 87, Billy Horschel, 86, Zach Johnson, 85, Matt Kuchar, 84, Sergio Garcia, 83, Brennan Todd's 82, Lonto Griffin, 81, Charles Howe III, 8K, Eric Van Royen, 8K. Skeeter, we got a bunch of choices here, I think 10 of them in the 8K tier. Which one do you favorite? So... I'm going to go with a defending, or not a defending, a past champion here. Um, if you like patterns, he has missed his last three cuts in even-numbered years. Good news for him. It's an odd-numbered year. How do you like that for analysis? I love it. I mean, isn't that why everyone bet the San Francisco Giants uh, like that third even oh, year? And yeah. everyone bet Bubba Watson that third year. And I'm not sure either one of those paid out in the even-odd transitions. But, but I love the analysis all the same. Relevant analysis there. Uh, Russell Henley, 8,700. <laughs> like, this is a guy I was using towards the end of last season, and I think I even used him in the fall a little bit. Um, yeah, he missed the, he missed the OHL, but I don't know, that seems like that could be an outlier. But his, his approach has just been magnificent. It's whether or not he can make a putt. Good news for him, Bermuda is his best putting surface. 
He's third in my model for the for the season. He ranks first in tee degree and approach, top ten in opportunities gain, proximity from 150 to 175, and the par four from 400 to 450. If I look at just past 24 rounds overall, similar numbers, really good with both par fours. He's above average in every category. He's first in, oppor- in approach and the uh, proximity from 150 to 175. 8,700, I know he didn't play last week, and I think that's going to be a narrative where you're going to see people who play last week get a little overvalued compared to those who don't, because I think there's a recent track record of people winning this tournament who have won, who, who played the tournament of champions, but... Past winner, 8700 playing pretty well at the end of last year and has the stats to back this up. I think that's a really nice price on Henley. So I've got Lanto Griffin as my favorite here. Okay. A seventh-place finish last year. Not a whole lot to look back on besides that as far as course history goes. He had a, a decent outing his last time out. What was he, 13th at, uh, at the Tournament of Champions. So, again, I'm relying on a little bit of recent form. You know what? He didn't make the, the cut at the Masters. Now I'll give him a, a break at that. And the Houston Open wasn't good, but he was okay for a couple weeks before that. I'm kind of going out on a limb here a little bit with Lanto. I'm uh, i am be honest with you, though, as we get deeper in this field, it's got some studs at the top, but it's not as heavy as a normal field. Uh, perhaps here, but not, you know, it's not as heavy as even a, a non-major type memorial field. So we start to get a little thinner here. I'm going to go with Lanto Griffin. Obviously, uh, as you can tell by the way I'm talking about it, I'm not in love with it, but that's where I went. No, he, I mean, he, you can excuse Houston. He was the defending champ. You can excuse Augusta because he had never played there Augusta, before. Right. You know, it's typically not a course that you want to be doing that on. But prior to all that, he was 11th at Zozo, 7th at CJ Cup. For Lonto, it's just basically, his putter is so hot, like, three of the past four tournaments where we've seen strokes gain data, he's gained over six strokes putting. But that's Lonto Griffin, he's a big putter. He's been gained on approach, he just can lose strokes around the green off the tee. You just have to hope that, you know, off the tee shouldn't matter a ton this week, you just have to hope that he can actually get up and down when he misses a green. If you don't go with your boy Henley, which, by the way, he's my number three, and, and I do like him a lot this week, so I'm with you there. If you don't go with him, where else are you going? Uh, let's see. Short course. We're comparing it to courses in South Carolina, Georgia, like RSM, Heritage, Wyndham. Oh, this sounds like Kevin Kisner territory. Uh, how about three top fives here in the past five years? Fourth last year, fourth and 17, fifth and 16. 25th, even in 18, just had a bad 2019 where he still made the cut, just didn't do anything with it. But um, even in decent form, um, again, a little putting reliance last week, but even prior to that, second RSM, when I had him, at, I think I had him at a decent number, he lost a playoff. Who 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 beat him at RSM? Um, Streb, like should... that's right. That's right, because Streb hit one of the best shots of the year out of the rough where he nearly jarred it. In the second playoff hole. That's right. Uh, I try to suppress that memory. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, Kisner isn't going to necessarily jump out statistically. But we know on a short course, this is, tends to be his type of event. So, outside of just kind of more of a history, not necessarily a stat play, 8800 I think that's another good price on Kisner. I think he's my second in this tier. I'm with you. Uh, in fact, when you look at the odds, he's at least where I'm looking again. He's uh, same odds as Ryan's, Ryan, uh, 
I'm trying to get these names confused. Ryan Palmer and Cameron Smith. So I'm with you. He was actually my number four, but I like him and Henley a lot. My three and four. I'm going with Charles Howe the third. Uh, the course history here has been pretty good, and I, I do worry about possibly that being a problem. But 12th, 8th, 32nd, 8th, 13th, 26th, 8th, 3rd. I mean, the worst over the last eight years was a 32nd finish here. After that, I mean, six of those have all been top 15 finishes. For that alone, I like him quite a bit, uh, just the course history. But then uh, looking back here, as he's been lately, 23rd at Mycoba, 30th at RSM. I mean, he's been doing okay, and that coupled with the great course history, I don't know, maybe that's more of a – maybe I should look at that more of as a cash play, which I don't play cash games, I only play tournament, but just seems like he's a guy that's very easy to get in your lineup and roll with at AK. Yeah, or or just take him at 66-1. to 1. Yeah, so I definitely have got to look at the book now because do I think he's going to win? Probably not, but I think he could be a part of a really good lineup. But the book I'm looking at, he's only 50 to 1, man. So I've definitely got to dig in this a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. But I'm, uh... I, I consider, like, he's on my bet consideration too, just because, like, you know, again, here, uh, I'm not getting those same odds, but at the 1 6th payout would be good. Maybe it's just looking at a top five to couple with it elsewhere. But uh, I feel like for just for a uh, DraftKings play, he's a good play. Yeah, he, I mean, He's part of the middle tier that's getting some attention, but um, not nothing crazy ownership wise. With we looked at the good. Who's the bad? Who are you fading in this tier? Um, I don't know if I really have a fade. I'll, I'll you know what? I'll just fade Billy Horschel because I just rarely get on him. Um, and I know he contended again last week. He was he was relevant in the TLC, but I just. I don't know. He he seems to get streaky, and I just I just never seem to play him. Like, you know, I can't fade Zach Johnson. Kucher at, at low ownership is intriguing as a former winner here. Sergio, yeah, okay. Brendan Todd, yeah, maybe that's probably a better fade. But you know what? Billy Horschel just doesn't do much for me. And do you just like and stats do you wise, hate, he's not popping either. Do you hate the Florida Gators? Like, what is it? No, I don't mind the Gators. I. In fact, as a, as a kid, I was rooting for him against Florida State, so <laughs> I have nothing uh, against I'm, the Gators. I'm, just, it just seems like you don't – you're always anti-Billy Horschel. And I, I And it's not I like, – and I don't know why. Like, I don't have a reason that I can sit here and tell you, oh, he's burned me in the past. It just – I don't like, – it always feels like he's priced around guys I just like better, and I just never like Billy Horschel. But that nothing, is fair enough. Nothing against the guy. I really don't have anything against him, and I can't tell you why I always fade him. I just – I just do for whatever reason. That's that's fair enough. I'm actually fading Matt Kuchar, um, hoping that maybe he gets some love because of the great course history, but missed the cut last year. And again, we'll always give a defending champ a uh, a pass, so to speak. But he hasn't been playing that great since um, uh, history. Um, how dare you say uh, that QBE shootout winner Matt Kuchar has not been playing well recently? Well, he got carried by the reigning champ at the Tournament of Champions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and I'm totally not counting those best ball tournaments. I mean, I was only goofing when I asked if Harris English got in on that to begin with. But, but you know what? You bring Double up a good standard. point. And he's you know, correct. Like, like that's not a fantasy analyst wait, all the time wait, with the wait, double wait, standard. Wait, so what? Are you are you a big Georgia Bulldog fan with Harris English? When you just don't like Georgia Tech for Kucher? Oh, uh, you know what's funny is I have a buddy. I haven't talked to him forever. I used to be in a fantasy league with him who is a Georgia Tech guy and hates the Georgia Bulldogs. And I remember, like, the first time Bubba lashed out at his caddy, he was like, I told you he's a jerk. All those Georgia guys are jerks. 
So while I do have a friend who gets very much into that narrative, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> the reality is, Brennan Todd probably has the right fade. <laughs> probably more so than Kuchar. I mean, this is his type of course, though, on the coast, short. Short for sure, pot. yeah. But, yeah, it's just... Yeah, so so far I've actually liked the 9K and 8K tier better than the 10K tier. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because there's just no there's no Justin Thomas. Like, I love Webb Simpson. I love Webb Simpson when he's 9,200, not when he's 11-1. Yes. You know? I mean, I'll still have a Webb lineup because, well, who doesn't love, a, love, love Webb James Frederick Simpson? <laughs> That's right. Sad That's when right. you got to get to, like, a, a middle name to, to tell you why you like somebody. So at that point... Maybe we should just take it to the 7K. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. I won't go through them all. There is a healthy list of names in the 7K tier this this week. But, uh, Skeeter, is there any that stands out amongst the crowd to you? All right, this is where my first bet has come in. and I got him at 66-1. to 1. He's already down to 55-1, to 1, so I'm glad I jumped on this. And Again, maybe it's just because I was kind of hyper-focused on him last week. He was part of my winning lineups. But Sebastian Munoz at 7,800. He struggled on day one at the Tournament of Champions. But after that, he played really, really well. And we're talking about a guy who kind of played well throughout the season a year ago. I don't think he made the Tour Champion. Did he make the Tour Championship? I don't remember. Uh, has a 10th year two years ago. Doesn't do anything spectacular, but rates up, but doesn't really do anything wrong either. 11 birdies or better, 2015 to green. 29 DraftKings points if I look at just this season so far. Let's see. If I look, if I pull him up for the last 24 rounds period, top 25 birdies are better DraftKings points. That's kind of what I'm looking for, a course like this. Playing well. Played well at the Tournament of Champions. Um, didn't, you know, he lost strokes on approach, lost strokes putting. I think almost all of that was on Thursday. Bounced back nicely after that. 7,800. I'll go with the guy who finished well at the Tournament of Champions. Playing well. Decent history here with a 10th. I'll take a chance on Munoz. I'm going to go $100 more. Why not? He's got a good history. He showed me a little bounce back last week after that 13th finish at the Masters. Didn't make oh. a cut at Mayakoba. I'm going to go oh. back to my boy Mark Leishman, man. Uh, I mean, 69, 69, 71, 69. Not great, but not terrible. He was minus 14th at tournament champions. He wasn't great by any means. Minus 14 is the middle of the pack. I, I get that. But Leishman's history here has been pretty good too. Uh, where did I? Where did he go? I just lost him a little bit here. Uh, where'd you go, Big Leash? Here we go. Twenty eighth last year, third, forty seventh, twentieth, twenty eighth, thirty seventh, fifth, ninth. So that's going back the last eight years where he's had four top twenties. I assume that the ownership will be a little bit down. I was actually surprised at how high his ownership was in the contest I was in with him last week at Tournament of Champions. So I'm hoping to get a little discount. Again, I believe that he is a future major champion. So I think he's as good as probably anybody in this tier uh, in the 7K range. So give me Mark Leishman and hope that he finds himself himself uh, after a decent tournament of champions. Decent. He needs to find his putter because he is bleeding strokes on the green. He's been bad. His putter. I mean, his putter's bad. I actually thought you were going to go with the other 7,900 guy, Grillo, who... <laughs> I think he's played well here, too. He rates out really well in my model. He played well during the fall. 
he is most certainly on my list. Yeah, and he's been a 21st, 22nd or his last two finishes here. So Grillo's on my list too, and you know I'll definitely uh, have lineups with him as – uh, you know, I mean, me and him, we just both play that same course down there in Sarasota. Like, so whatever. We're buddies like oh, that. No. Uh, I'll throw down on him. But, yeah, um, Leishman is my guy. He just he's my guy. I know. Um, so other couple other names I'm looking at. Keegan Bradley, again, he plays so well in the fall. Ball striking numbers are terrific. Again, can he make a putt? So he might end up on something for me. Um. When I look at just the 20, 20, 20 21 season, so starting at, at um, was it Safeway, I think it was? Matthew Neesmith so. is second in my model. Like okay. he's, he's first from 150 to 175, fifth in approach, 10th tee to green, fifth from 400 to 450, and even then he's like 12th in birdies or better, 15th opportunities gained, 23rd DraftKings points. Like, he's putting, putting up decent stats, like... I mean, I remember writing him in the past. He was 15th at RSM, 8th at Shriners. I like that RSM finish. Um, 41st at Punta Cana. He's been getting strokes on a, on approach the whole, whole time. Has been putting well before this. Putts okay on Bermuda. I think he's a name to kind of keep an eye on. And I have a couple others, but I'll wait for you to mention. Including, I think there's one name I have starred, which I know you do too. So we might as well. I'll save the floor for you on him. Well... If you said you could find a comp, and this was a, a comp you you got from Pat Mayo with PGA National, I mean Mackenzie Hughes was right there with Sung Jm down the stretch, so maybe yeah. he's maybe he's one to consider. And if this is a fighting um, competition, we know Mac Hughes will certainly be up there. That's correct. Uh, I will give myself a look at Brennan Steele. Hasn't been great lately, but yeah. I'm certainly going to be interested in a Patton Kazire, a Ches Reeve. I'll always play my guy, Co-Crack. I actually think Brian Harmon might not be a bad play. But Charlie Hoffman has got to be on the tip of everyone's tongue here in 7K, right? <laughs> well, at least this podcast. <laughs> yeah, maybe this only one. Uh, and look, Charlie hadn't been great. And he missed the cut here last year. So there's, look, there's like, there's no logical reason for me to be on Charlie Hoffman, except for I do believe he is a good golfer. And at 7K. I'm always going to be overloaded at Charlie Hoffman. So I'm going to try to keep my 7K shares at, I don't know, 50%. I'm going to try to keep it at 50%, maybe 40 We'll see. Um, by the way, good news for you, at least. He's subject to be under 5% ownership on a Tuesday night. So I have a feeling if he wins a tournament, I'm going to cash nicely, simply because I will be well overloaded versus the field. All right. All right. This is going to be completely off topic here. But I'll, I'll I'll pull it back to golf. Did you watch any of the Nickelodeon uh, broadcasts of the Bears Saints game? I did not. You know like how they were like, if you got in the the end zone, there was slime and things like I that. I saw. Oh yeah, I saw some highlights. Like I wish I had. If I'm being uh, very honest, I would have enjoyed it. But especially with the way that game ended up going, I, I didn't mean to say that so so like mean to you. Oh no, trust me, I had no expectations. <laughs> As a Bears fan, I had no expectations, especially once. Um, Jalen Johnson was ruled out, and Darnell Mooney, and it was just like, oh, God, this is... Ben and I were talking about that. But anyway, so I think somebody had posted, or maybe I just came up with the idea, like, what are the next sporting events that they could do on that? And I was thinking, well, hockey, because, you know, there's the slip, you know, you, you put slime anytime somebody slips. A NASCAR, nice. The Daytona 500, NASCAR race, for the same reason. But I also thought, you know what? 
The greenest show on turf is waste management. The waste management open. Wouldn't that be a great thing with slime, especially on that 16th hole? And who's ambassador to the waste management open? I mean, the man in the green glove. Charlie Hoffman, like, this is perfect. He could be the ambassador. I'm sure he would be willing to get slimed for, for kids at the waste management on the 16th hole. It's a perfect setup. Gosh, could he, could he finish out his round and then go back to 16, though? Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be awful hard to drive that 17th green at the uh, TPC Phoenix with slime all over. <laughs> uh, there's towels or maybe he puts, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, he I, would do that, though. He, he certainly strikes me as the kind of dude that would be like, all right, for charity, let's do it. Yeah, finish your round early on Thursday or Friday, come back. And once the last group comes by, then he can get slimed and play, and play the hole that way, and everybody will be, you know, loosened up by then in the crowd, and, you know. I was going to say, I feel like Waste Management and Nickelodeon are not the tournament and uh, broadcast uh, group to put together, but maybe it could work. You'd have to have that 10-second delay if you had any mics in the crowd. Well, I don't know. Um, Corderell Patterson dropped the F-bomb on uh, <laughs> He said it wasn't him, didn't he? What? I thought that I read a tweet where he said it was not him. I think it was. I thought it was directly him, but anyway. I mean, I think everyone thought it was him. Hence the reason he's saying he didn't say it. Uh, I don't know where it came from. I definitely heard the audio clip. All right. So, so off that tangent. Sorry for everybody for wasting three minutes of your life. You'll never get back. No, Charlie Hoffman actually does make some sense at seven K. Um, he's another one just doesn't do anything particularly great, but doesn't do anything terrible either. Like over the past twenty four rounds, just in total. 27th opportunity is gained, 30th DraftKings points, 11th in that par 4 from 450 to 500 range. His worst stat is 68th from par 4 is 400 to 450. Like, nothing wrong with him. And at 7K, sometimes doing nothing wrong is perfectly fine. So, I actually think there is reason to play Charlie. Uh, two, a couple other guys I have at least starred. Tom Hoagie has massive upscoring, massive scoring potential. Also, could Bernie and miss a cut? Cam Davis, same thing. Sepp Straka had played a little bit decent in the fall. So, those are some, if you want to look at some potential Bernie or better type of guys that might also sink your lineup when, they're shoot, when they shoot four over, those are a few of the guys that fit in that range for me. Is there anybody that stands out as a guy you just can't play in this tier? Um... Can't play, no, won't play, because I'll be honest, I don't know much about him. I don't know much about Takumi Kanaya. I'm assuming he might have won on the Japanese tour, because I think some of them, I think so. I think some people who, I think some of the Japanese tour top finishers get to play this event, if I'm not mistaken. Because there's always a decent, you know, contingent from that tour, I believe. Makes sense. Hawaii's halfway between us and them, right? Right. So that would, you know. Probably closer to Japan than me, all the way, uh, you know, in the eastern part of the USA. Yeah. I would not play Brant Snedeker. You thought I was going to go 7,200 Jim Furyk. That's not the case. I would not do that. Brant Snedeker at 7,200. I mean, outside of the 17th at Sanderson Farms, I'm like, I don't know. I, why, why, I'm, I'm not so sure I understand why he's in the 7Ks and not down in the 6Ks. Yeah, probably name recognition. Yeah, I thought you were going to go Furyk thinking that he'd be too depressed after uh, his Steelers kind of got embarrassed on Sunday night. He might be motivated. Oh, that's true. He might be motivated to be the one person in Pittsburgh that does what they're supposed to do. Well, you know what, though? Oh. You know what? I, changed, I changed my fades. I changed my fades. I, I fade Furyk here, and I fade uh, Brennan Todd in the 8K. It's just a bad time for Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> going back to 8K and changing my fade to Ooh. Brennan Todd. 
at JamesAvs94 on Twitter if you're a Pittsburgh fan. Uh, feel free to let him know uh, how you feel. If you're a Cleveland fan, hey, there you go. It's one thing that Browns and Bengal fans can unite on, apparently, is their uh, dislike for uh, Pittsburgh. Hey, you know what, Cleveland fans? I do love Johnny Gargano, so I'll give you that much. Wrestling there's reference. A, there's a little wrestling reference for you. Nice. Uh, sh- shall we take it to the 6Ks? Yes. Some names in here, certainly recognized names at this point. Uh, I don't know if there's a ton of guys I want to turn to here, especially if we both agree we don't feel a need to load up at the 10K tier, but I'm going to set 10 lineups, which means I'm going to find myself in this tier a little bit. Skeeter, I don't know how many you're setting. I don't know if you're getting in this tier. I think you might. If you do, where are you going? <laughs> um, The shocker of all, of all, and I put my model together, and it's like, you know, I'm going to filter this just by the starts of the 2020-2021 season, just that season. Number one of my model, not Sung J.M., not Morikawa, not English, none of these guys, 6,900, Pierre Malnati, who was 200-1, is like, okay, I have to bet this. If he's number one in my model, something's going on here, I have to bet it. He has a decent little history here. 12, or, okay, not really. He has a decent last year. He was 12th here. A couple of missed cuts beyond that. But he played really well in the fall. Again, he was second, second at Sanderson Farms, where he had that crazy Sunday, and Sergio did get him down. <laughs> But he followed up the 5th at Shriners, 21st at Bermuda, who I think you could relate here, 48th at RSM, missed at OHL, missed badly, but you know, most things happen. Um, but when I look at the stats for just this season, 6th at DraftKings points, 7th birdies are better, 2nd putting, 4th in that par 4 range from 450 to 500. When I just look at 24 rounds altogether, he's still 7th in that model, 6th birdies are better, 7th at DraftKings points, 11th putting. He hits all the metrics I'm looking for. Like Even if he was in the 7Ks, I'd be considering him. At 6,900, I think this is a bargain. And I think he might even be a little bit of a pivot off Doug Gim, who I think will be very popular after after getting a little trendy and was had a nice fall as well. I was going to say, I actually saw that uh, Doug Gim, I guess, like has some, uh, some Barstool Sports, not to try and make it all about them, but some Barstool Sports stuff in his bag now, just like a, really. cl- a cover or something. And so, I mean, he got a massive tweet boost from them this weekend, and I did from see that. Doug so Gim, the kids I'm, might be all about him. Yeah, well, I should be too. I think he's the one from Arlington Heights, Illinois, which um, some of Chicago's for Arlington race courses for horse racing fans, so Claskins would know that. I was going to say I'm not really familiar with that, but that's okay. Um, Look, there's a few names that I'll take a chance on. There's a guy who I guess is my favorite, but my favorite play, I think I'm going to Brian Gay again here this week. Uh, I mean, he was okay at the Tournament of Champions, 13 under. The thing is, 13 of under, again, like I said, I forget who I was talking about that was 14 under. Like At that tournament, 13 under is just not as impressive as it is other places, but you know what? He still found himself making birdies. He was in contention on Saturday before he kind of fell off and then didn't do a whole lot Sunday. But he was there late on, uh, late in his round, middle of his round on Saturday. At that price, 6700 it gives me an opportunity to go elsewhere. Maybe that's what I have to do to load up with those three guys at the top of 9K. Give me Brian Gay. There's a couple other names I would take, but he's, he's won recently. He was okay a week ago. I'll go there. I mean, he had no form going into Bermuda when he won. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, this kind of set similar to Bermuda just as far as, you know, off the ocean, things like that. So, I'm not on it. I don't hate it. If you don't go Malnati, would you possibly go elsewhere 
Is there anybody you would pair with him to start a lineup? Yeah, Doug Gim. I mean, just okay. I just got to talking about but there's good reasons. So again, during the fall, sixth in approach, eleventh tee to green, ninth in birdies are better DraftKings scoring. Let's see if I take this out to just twenty four rounds for everybody. He's tenth in my model. Can't putt. Does struggles from four fifty to five hundred in the par fours, but his proximity from one seventy five to two hundred is fourth. Top ten approach tee to green birdies are better. Eleventh in DraftKings scoring. He hits a lot of those metrics. This is why he's going to be popular. Like. You probably could play Melnati Gim and th- throw in, so you know, throw in three of the nine K guys and see where your lineup's at from there. Anybody else? I've got a couple names that I can, I, I will be considering. I d- I don't. Um, I have one other name that potentially pop, but I don't think I'm going to play him, so I'll wait. Okay, I would consider Brian Stewart. Uh, not great last year, 53rd, but eighth and fourth the previous two years and was good a few years before that here too. So course history for Brian Stewart, really nice. Uh, Anna Bondler, Heary, not a great course history, but in the six Ks, I like to take a chance. Just a guy I like to cheer for. Mm-hmm. Harry Higgs, a dude I absolutely love to cheer for, who I will take a, a peek at. But if it's a short course, Ryan Armour has to be worth a look. He's had yeah. some buried finishes here and not playing great since I think it was Bermuda where he was in contention and didn't win. Uh, and then the last one, and it's just a simple, I'm a fan, Jim Herman, uh, unfortunately unable to play last week because of the coronavirus is in the field right now. A 10th four years ago, a couple of miscuts since and a 43rd, but you know, I'm always going to take a peek at Jim Herman when he's in the field. Well, and you hope if the, you know, if there's some positive karma or whatever that, yeah, you know, Having to miss the tournament of champions, which was free money, free points, everything like that, you would hope that you know maybe he gets you know there's a something something well happens to him, makes a cut, and maybe maybe gets a thirtieth or fortieth or something like that this week. So no, certainly could root for him. Anything else for you from this group? No, I mean, no, I'm not even going to mention the other guy. It was slightly because I'm not playing him, so I'm not even going to throw that one out there. Mm-hmm. And and no, I don't. Um, fine, I'll throw a fade. Um, why Yang? I, I don't even know. What why not doing. Yang? I don't know what he's been doing recently. So that was an attempt to just make a bad joke off of his name that didn't work out very well. Sorry, it's okay. That just means it was a really great joke. Uh, no, I will I, fade. Actually, I don't know. I don't. Is it a bad joke or just again? I just disappoint you because I miss whatever. Because especially you know, it's almost the reaction I get when you mention some pop culture reference, and I'm like, huh. No, it was a bad joke, and I'm I'm very willing to uh, go ahead and uh, mention or acknowledge it was a bad joke. Uh, I will fade. Who am I fading? I was going to say Mike Weir, but oh, yeah, that's a, that's usually the choice. I like Mike Weir, Master Champ. I'll fade Matt Every, a player who uh, even when he was first round leader at the last time I remember, he didn't make the cut. So you want to fade six K Matt Every? He can't make cuts unless it's, unless it's Bay Hill, then he'll win back to back. But didn't what well, didn't he? What well, he was the first round leader at Bay Hill, and then didn't make the cut this year, right? Was that where it was? I think so. I think it was that par three. He rinsed like four in a row, and at some point in the interview afterwards, he was like, "Well, I knew I wasn't making the cut, so at at that point, I just wanted to make sure, prove to myself that I could execute the shot." And he kind of went ten cupish on this par three uh, with water left. I think it was the API. Yes. Oh, very good memory. Yes, yeah, sixty five and eighty three. Well, Skeeter, I don't know why I remember the things I do, but I remember some really stupid stuff, which every once in a while when you're talking about golfers at 6K comes into uh, comes it comes to pay. Right. Oh, I forgot EPI was so tough last year. Minus four was a winner. Who won that? 
Hatton. Of course, I had money on him. He yeah, won. I had yeah, him won. Leishman was second, and then Leishman. <laughs> that was the was one. Second. That was before the coronavirus hit. When I went to the bar, and that uh, that guy who was, uh, was like cheering for Sungjae had had money on him, and that was before I had shaved. I was in my sweatshirt. I definitely looked like I could have been without a home. And when I told him I was betting on Hatton, he thought I was messing with him because he didn't think that I a knew who he was or b was betting on golf. <laughs> so I most assuredly remember that. It's one of my more fond memories of 2020, if we're being honest. Yeah, so this is like Rob Oppenheim, who must have made the cut on the number 69-78 to make the weekend. 83-83. That's a bad weekend. There must have been... Not for us, but for him. Let's see. I'm trying to, see, I'm trying to look. Fast greens, firm greens, wind with moderate. So I don't know why it played so tough. It must have been... Something must have happened. I, I honestly can't say that I remember that much more about it other than no I was just looking at the stats but again you know it's kind of it's kind of funny like oh pre COVID that feels like that was like two three years ago not so, less than a year ago correct just walking into a bar and crowding up to some stranger yeah that that certainly sounds like a, uh, a distant memory well, hopefully be... not a, too far in the future though I know I know we need this we need to. Maybe you know, get this thing taken care of, so you and I could go beat Indianapolis and play like the Brickyard Golf Course. You, I agree to that. Uh, well, Skeeter, I don't know if we have anything more for DraftKings in the field, but as you mentioned to me before this got started, our podcast before we started recording, that hey, don't forget, one and done resumes this week. Uh, so I am in that big contest with you. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Where are you going in one and done this week? Is do you? It's a long season. You're going to miss some cuts. Is this a tournament where you say, you know what? I'm taking Webb, or I'm no. taking I don't know Neiman, and I'm just making sure I get off to a start, a good start. How do you approach a one and done this early in the season, knowing that you're not going to hit the cut every week? Right. This is not the week to get cute. Like even if Melnati's number one in my rankings for this season, I'm not playing Melnati in one and done. Um, okay. Yeah, this is not a week to try to get cute and be like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a flyer on Brendan Steele or James Hahn or something like that." Sung Jae was kind of my first thought of where I might go. Um, I'm probably gonna play somebody from the 9K range. It'll probably be him. I might go Adam Scott. I mean, this feels like you know, if I like him that much, I might go there. Russell Henley also feels like this makes a lot of sense to play him. So it'll probably be somebody in the 9K, maybe the 8K range, but I don't think I'm going to – like, I'm not playing Webb. I'm going to wait for Wyndham or Heritage for him. Sure. Berger, so, I think I want to see a little bit more out of him. Would Charles Howe or Kevin Kisner be too cute for this tournament? Howell feels too cute. Kisner, no. I think Kisner makes sense. Because okay. at the end of the day, and, and this was brought up, you know, again, listen to the golf preview podcast, like, you we only pick 30, 35 golfers a year. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. it's like the John Deere Classic where, oh, I don't know who the top player in that field is going to be this year because it's usually one of the weaker fields. Okay, there you have to kind of search a little bit. But here, there's enough relevant names. Like, are, we, are you ever, you know, if you're going to pick 35 golfers, are you ever choosing real Rory? No. So that's not a thing that you need to do here. <laughs> oh, that's so funny because last year I was in that two and done and Lucas Glover and Real Rory, I think, were my two picks that started the downfall from first place to not cash. 
But that was a two and done. This is a one and done, and that's a great point. Like, so that's a great point. If you're not cha- if you're not waiting on Sung JM for uh, I don't know PGA National, the Honda. If you're not going to pick him to repeat, maybe you go ahead and pull the trigger now because this this is a field where he's not going to be much more highly thought of than he is in this field, right? Right. I mean, one reason yeah, the, the two reasons you don't use Sung Jae. One, you think he wins a major. Two, he is going to be very popular this week. Maybe it's where, like, if you want to get semi cute, if you're choosing 30, 35 golfers, Adam Scott is somebody you could use, and he's relatively low owned right now. Same with Abe Answer. If you wanted to go there, I think that makes sense from a one and done. Like, these are guys that you probably could use in that range. And Scotty's not going to play that many tournaments where you're going to feel like he's one of the clear-cut guys. Like, even at Riviera, I think, is where he won last year. I mean, there's going to be a decent field there. He's not going to be head and shoulders above the crowd. Like, uh, the other tournaments he plays in the majors, are you saving him? So you might make a great point about an Adam Scott, who if he makes 18 starts this year, I don't know if he makes that many, right? He doesn't make a ton of starts. Right. If you don't use him now, when will you use him again? People will save him for Riviera. But, I mean, people also say Bubba for there, or DJ, or Rory usually plays there. Thomas will probably play there. Like, there's enough names there. You always use Scott at some of these WGCs. But, again, you know, I think from a one-and-done perspective, he, he played last week. He's a world-class player. Big enough name that if you want to try to get a little cute and fade the chalk, I don't think he'll be highly owned in one-and-done. So now, Skeeter, I entered into another contest that we were talking about beforehand. It probably bears uh, a minute here anyway of talking about. But I might need, yeah, if there's still openings, I might need to get into this one. I don't think it had a cap, so I think you could. But it's basically a survivor like the NFL runs. You can pick a player once. Not the NFL runs, but like NFL contests do. You pick a player once. Once you pick them, you cannot pick them again. All you need to do is make the cut. doesn't matter how well they do. They just have to make the cut. As far as I understand, they could withdraw on Saturday after having made the cut, and you continue on. How cute do you get in that? Do you ever get cute in that in a golf tournament where, again, you're only going to pick about 35 golfers throughout the season? No. I mean, I don't know if I want to go Joaquin Neiman, Daniel Berger here, but I'm kind of thinking about it and just saying, I mean, it's just, hey, let's get to the next week. I mean, Kisner has a really good history here. That's He's a good one. six straight cuts. Ryan Palmer has only missed one cut since 2013 when he's played here. I mean, you could go. You, I mean, Zach Johnson actually fits a little bit. Webb, um, yeah, this is one you again. Same philosophy here. You're gonna choose 35 golfers. Like, just take whoever you're most confident in. Maybe not necessarily to win. You don't care about win equity. You just care about made cut equity. Right. Guy who, guys who always find a way to make cuts. Like, if he was in better form at the end of last year, Charles Howell would make sense here. But I think that might be a little too cute in this instance. Definitely not Leishman. I might play him in DraftKings, but I'm not taking him in my uh, one-and-done or my uh, my made-cut survivor. Right, and I'm assuming this would end in the Northern Trust, right? Because everybody makes a cut at BMW and uh, the Tour Championship. I will have to look. I have not dug that deep into it because this it obviously just starts this week, not last week since there was no cut. So uh, I don't know. All things that I will have a firmer grasp on, I guess, in a week, in a month, and a year from now. Right, but um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, you can use Webb, that's not a problem. I would tend to lean towards a guy who played last week who played well, so... That's a, that's a very good point for this particular contest. Yeah. So, I mean, heck, even if you wanted to go to Morikawa, you know, I think that makes sense. English coming off the win, yeah, I don't know. 
But for me, I, and Kisner, Kisner seems like a guy I would use in that contest. I feel like I'm going to be all on Kevin Kisner by about tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So we shall see. Uh, Skeeter, I feel like we hit the first, I don't want to say real tournament because I enjoyed the heck out of the views at Kapalua, but the first full field with cut tournament, I feel like we hit it pretty good for the Sony. You got anything else for us? I don't. Um, again, it would be, be nice to watch primetime golf. That's, that's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, no question about it. I'll enjoy the West Coast swing when they're a few hours behind me in the Eastern Standard Time Zone, but nothing like 10 o'clock finishes when I'm sitting uh, sitting there on a Saturday evening. I enjoyed the heck out of it Saturday, and uh, well, let's look forward to it again this week. Skeeter, I wish you the best. Let's talk about some cut sweats. I hope you have as much excitement this week as you did last week, and maybe I can join you this week. Uh, let's both get up there. Let's have some fun sweats on Sundays. We're watching watching the final round of um, of the Sony and the Bucks Saints. Nothing do I enjoy better than telling my friends we can't watch sport A, B, or C because we have to watch golf on a Sunday. Let's do it again. <laughs> All right, for Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. Appreciate you all listening. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast.